Hey, have you got bare walls at home or in your office? Do you want to surround yourself with the majesty and inspiration of our mountains? I'm talking truly incredible photography of Western North Carolina landscapes. RedRockPhotoNC.com. Stay tuned for details. It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for listening. It's Thursday, August 13th. And the show is made possible by patrons like Mark and Chris, Nancy, Lori, Stephen, Joseph, John, Meredith, Kim, and Patty, and Shan. I appreciate the support. I couldn't do it without you. Uh, Apparently, we have a Nazi running for Congress here in Western North Carolina. Yes, there's a lot of things to be scared about in this episode, including the Nazi running for <laughs> Congress. <laughs> uh, <he's laughs> uh, sometimes you have to laugh because it's so insane. It really is insane. Uh, I don't know what it must be like to go through life every single day seeing and hearing these uh these you know dog whistles which i've always said this by the way when they talk about the uh, oh that's he's blowing a dog whistle for the neo nazis and white supremacists well um if you can hear it that means you're the dog right if you can hear it you're the dog it's a terrible analogy they're saying oh it's such a high pitched whistle uh, that that nobody else can hear it well except you obviously and i guess the neo nazis and white supremacists is that the deal so everybody can hear it so it's not even really a dog whistle then is it it's just a whistle right it's just it's just an overt whistle because thank goodness we have these you know completely good faith honest brokers uh on the left that are willing to inform us about all of the symbols that white supremacists use. And in case you haven't noticed, it's basically everything that conservatives like. For real. They are they're basically racistizing all symbols that conservatives tend to adorn their vehicles or clothing with. This like a good example of it is the Betsy Ross flag. Which I think, um, pretty sure Hitler designed. I think that's right. So the Betsy Ross flag is now verboten. There's a German word. Oh my God, dog whistle. Yeah, it's going to get a workout today. That sound bite's going to get a workout. I'll try to, ref- I'll try to uh, restrain myself. <laughs> uh, try to restrain yourself from buying too many of the photos at Red Rock Photo NC. Okay, just try. Um, because they're so beautiful and uh, they come in all you know sizes he and uh, Stacy Redman at Red Rock Photography he can put his images onto all sorts of different medium so uh, whether it's you know canvas or prints or glass and metal and stuff it's really amazing work that he's got these are photos of the Blue Ridge Mountains that are so amazing uh, you're gonna want at least probably I'm, I'm thinking what a dozen for your house and and maybe another dozen for the office or something. Um, and if you work from home, then you need 24. That's how that works. Stacy is from Western North Carolina, shooting landscapes for two decades. See for yourself at redrockphotonc.com and use the promo code PETE for 20% off. Redrockphotonc.com. So 
Madison Cawthorn, that's what all of this is about, all this Nazi stuff is about. Madison Cawthorn is the Republican candidate for the uh, 11th district here in North Carolina, and he is uh, up against Mo Davis, who is a retired colonel out of the Air Force, and um, he's a Democrat. So that's the that's the race, and Cawthorn uh, is the front runner, believed to be widely believed to be the front runner in a district that leans Republican. Now, Mo Davis's campaign will tell you that that's not true; that he's got a shot. The polling is tight. He's actually uh, got a real good chance to flip this. He just needs a whole bunch more money. So um, this story begins when a publication called Jezebel, which is a leftist feminist organization uh, publication. They write a story. Let me see here. The headline of it is My Dark Journey into the Soul of a Model Young Republican Candidate. Now, by the way, that got changed. That headline got changed to uh, Meet Madison Cawthorn, Republicans' Great Hope for the Future of Congress. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why that's the headline, or sorry, that's the URL, the website. When you click the link, that's the website name. That's the URL. But when you look at the story, the actual story that I guess, I don't know if they have a print publication, but the headline at the website, at the story, is My Dark Journey into the Soul of a Model Young Republican Candidate, which is ridiculous because I read the piece twice, actually, and there is no dark journey into anybody's soul. There isn't there's barely a journey. It's just it's just innuendo. It's like, oh, my gosh, I found this thing on the Internet and I think it could be white supremacy. That's it. And as I mentioned earlier, one of those examples offered up was the Betsy Ross flag. Right. Sorry. A little late on the soundbite on that one. But yes, the Betsy Ross flag is apparently now a symbol of white supremacy because, right, because Hitler designed it, I think. So here's the story. So there's a lot of different stuff going on, but it all goes back. It it, it, it ties back into what prompted and got the most publicity out of this uh, hit piece. And look, let's be clear. That's exactly what this was. This was a smear job that was meant to cast doubt uh, on Cawthorn and to plant these seeds of doubt in uh, uh, persuadable voters' minds. It was also, uh, it's also red meat for the base. And uh, you can see that amplification as it occurs on Twitter and social media. It all started with an Instagram photo that Madison Cawthorn had posted back in 2017. And I have it. It has since been deleted, which I'll get to. But Madison Cawthorn posted uh, this picture of him with his brother. And the background is just like a gray sky, cloudy, and the sea. Okay, so like you could see the ocean behind them. And it's kind of a gray sky. That's really a, that, That's really all the photo is. It's just him and his brother. And... Here's what he says, quote, the vacation house of the Fuhrer seeing the Eagle's Nest has been on my bucket list for a while. It did not disappoint. Strange to hear so many laughs and share such a good time with my brother, where only 79 years ago, a supreme evil shared laughs and good times with his compatriots. And that's it. 
And this is proof to the left that sees a Nazi behind every Trump hat. Um, This is proof that Madison Cawthorn is a Nazi sympathizer Hitler fan. Which is weird because usually fans of Hitler don't say that he was a supreme evil. I guess maybe if you are an evil fan, like you're just in it because like I'm evil and I appreciate evil and he was totally evil. So he was supreme evil and I love him for it. Like maybe that's what's going on here. I don't know. It takes a lot to read into that, I think. So this was the this was the Instagram post from three years ago, I think. And um, I didn't know anything about this place. I got to I have to tell you, like full disclosure the whatever it is that happens to men at a certain age where just like a switch goes off and all of a sudden you just have to learn everything about World War II, that has not occurred for me yet. I'm not sure when that happens. I think it's around age 50, so I'm getting pretty close. Um, I don't know how I'm going to fit it into my schedule, actually. the Just the, the focus on World War II and History Channel doesn't even show all this stuff anymore. Like History Channel, they just do like American pickers now. So, right, isn't that what? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um. I don't know what I'm going to do when this when this switch gets flipped, uh, but right now I can tell you I had no idea what the Eagles Nest or Eagle Nest was. I had no idea, um, and apparently it was some place where they held meetings and uh, and uh, he, Hitler would go there because it was a really beautiful site. And this was also the place that um, in the show Band of Brothers. The spoiler alert, by the way, the uh, the uh, the Americans, the allies, they end up there sort of at the end of the series or something, which I learned as well. So like I saw somebody say, hey, this is at the end of the Band of Brothers tour. It's on every World War Two buffs bucket list, because the fact that Madison Cawthorn said this was on his bucket list, this caused outrage among people who are ignorant of history, and I was as well. I had no idea what the Eagle's Nest was. I have no idea if it's a band of brothers. And apparently when you go there nowadays, it's like a tourist uh, place, which I think he's referencing here in the piece. He says it's strange to hear, not in the piece, in the post. He says, strange to hear so many laughs and share such a good time with my brother, where only 79 years earlier, a supreme evil shared laughs and good times with his compatriots. Right. So he's noting sort of this this disconnect, this discordant image of what was going on in this building and who stalked the premises back then versus what it looks like now. It's just bizarre. Right. Have you ever been to a site where, you know, awful things happen? How about this? The Colosseum in Rome. What about that? Right. The Colosseum. Do Christians go there? Right. Do Christians go to the Colosseum? Do they see the Colosseum? Do they get their pictures taken at the Colosseum? Is it a really somber thing for all Christians? Now, some it might be because lots of Christians, like what, a million of them or so, were slaughtered in that Colosseum. So uh, I don't know. Like It seems like that would be a, a place of reverence and such. But I see picture uh, people getting their picture taken out in front of and in the Colosseum, and they're smiling, and they're like, hey, we're at the, the Colosseum. Look at us. Does that make them, what, anti-Christian? No, it's this is a historical site. Anyway, uh, so this is the that that's the the Instagram post. So what happens is maybe you've seen this on social media posts and such, where when you share something, um, it doesn't give you all of the text from your post. You know, it like crops off half of it, so you get like the first two sentences or something, and then it says "see more," and you have to click on the "see more," and then you get the full post. So. 
his opponent, Madison Cawthorn's opponent, Mo Davis, took this picture with the Instagram cropped message and blasted this thing out, as did other leftists, by the way. They blasted this out and amplified this hit that he is, because uh, the, the, the truncated version of the post doesn't show you the part where he calls Hitler a supreme evil. That part's gone, which I think is pretty important. Right? I would say selectively edited, <clears throat> right? Maybe just a little bit. So he, t- so Mo Davis takes this this image with the truncated version and he blasts it out on his Twitter account, which then gets picked up all over the place. And he says, "Hitler's vacation retreat is not on my bucket list." Right? Okay. All right, whatever. So you're gonna say, "Oh, he he wanted to go to Hitler's retreat." Like, this is an overt, dishonest attack. It's it, it is blatantly dishonest. Um, and actually, I have some audio here from Madison Cawthorn because he appeared on uh, the Daily Caller podcast with Katie McDuffie, and she asked him, like, she went right at him, gave him a chance to respond to all of these. Um, allegations because there are like four or five of them i've just gotten to the one this is just the instagram post okay you got the betsy ross flag you got the name of his company um and what was the other one uh, oh yeah the number of followers <laughs> on twitter <laughs> so we're gonna get to all of these uh now if you're thinking about getting to general equipment rental uh to get the karcher misting system great choice and if you haven't thought about doing that what are you waiting for Get on over to General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. They are located at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. Family-owned and operated for three generations. They meet all of your equipment rental needs. And the Karcher Misting System is what you need for disinfecting and sanitizing because it's got this vital oxide disinfectant, which is an all-in-one, hospital-grade, EPA-approved germicidal disinfectant sanitizer and deodorizer. It kills 99.9% of infection-causing bacteria and viruses, including the coronavirus, but all the others too, uh, as well as mold, mildew, and fungi. Okay, it gets rid of all of that stuff. And there's no rinse required afterwards. It's non-toxic. It's hypoallergenic. It's odorless, colorless, 100% biodegradable, safe for kids, safe for pets, safe for food contact surfaces. What are you waiting for? Get to General Equipment Rental in Weaverville or go to their website, generalrents.com. Oh, and if you go to generalrents.com slash Pete, you can pick up a coupon for two free cloth face coverings. You're welcome. Generalrents.com. Think outside your toolbox. So the Instagram post, Madison Cawthorn is asked about this. And uh, oh, he, he also got flack. I should also point out he also got flack from lefties online, uh, from a completely honest point of view, obviously, uh, that uh, he used the word Fuhrer. And he even put the little two dots with the umlata, whatever it's called, over the U. And he capitalized it, which proves that he totally loves Hitler, because he wrote, The Vacation House of the Fuhrer. Seeing the eagle's nest has been on my bucket list for a while. It did not disappoint. And so people are like, oh my gosh, he's totally a Hitler fanboy. Here's his response. You know what? I hate living in a country where every single conservative is a white nationalist or a Nazi until proven innocent. It's it's ridiculous. I really believe that's why so many good country-loving patriots actually stay out of politics because they know the vitriol from the left is so dishonest and so aggressive that it's it, it's 
it dissuades them from joining the fray. I would agree with that. I tend to agree with that. Um, he also then is uh, asked specifically about the use of the word Fuhrer and why he wanted to go to the Eagle's Nest. You know, if that offends the Jewish community, I, I certainly apologize. I am such a strong ally of wanting to protect the Zionist state and the Jewish state, I believe, and making sure they can have the qualitative military edge and America backing that up. And I think the atrocities that have happened to the Jews is so so terrible last century. I mean, if you actually look at it, and this is a statistic I didn't know until a few weeks ago, the Jewish population has actually not caught up to where it was in the early 1940s, which I think is absolutely a true shame. And so, you know, I, I'm a big lover of history. My brother and I were going to a uh, Formula One race. We happened to be very nearby the, uh, the Eagle's Nest. And we were obviously, him and I, you know, we were raised by Marines. And so we obviously loved watching Band of Brothers growing up. Oh. And we watched the seasons probably about 10 or 12 times. And so when we found out the Eagles Nest was right there, which is actually where Easy Company really declared their victory, they got to go sit where the most evil man in all of history sat. You know, that's something I wanted to be a part of. That's something I wanted to go to. I wanted to see where America had that triumph over the world's greatest evil. Interesting. So being raised by Marines, I think he's, I think like five generations of Marines going all the way back to like the founding of America. And... Because of that, uh, and his his love of the show Band of Brothers, that's why he wanted to go there, and they happened to just be there. So, hey, why don't we do this? And so they were super excited to go check out what was part of this history of the Marines and America. Okay, so it definitely seems a lot less racisty now, doesn't it? Uh, he was also asked, uh, or he elaborated later on, about offending Jewish people. And this is one of the things that always gets me about the accusations from the left about the right being Nazis. As far as political parties go, which nation, or I'm sorry, which uh, party and which political philosophy tends to side with the nation of Israel? What party is it that opposed the Iran deal for reasons that, lined up with the reasons that is Israel opposed the Iran deal. Like why 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 does this even have any kind of traction in media except of obvious reasons there's a there's a built-in bias that of of course they're right-wingers, they're Nazis. Like that's Nazis were socialists. You know, we're we're capitalists, free marketeers, like that's that's the opposite and uh the Republicans and conservatives just generally have a history of being way more pro-Israel and pro-Jewish than the left does. In fact, a lot of these socialist countries that anti-Semitism is sort of the canary in the coal mine. Once you start seeing that stuff percolate, you know uh, things are going to to get bad. Anyway, I digress. Um, he is then asked about um, the Betsy Ross flag, and I guess I should explain this. Let me uh, actually let me do that. Let me go back to the Jezebel. <laughs> article which i haven't even read to, I've, I've already gone through it twice I mean, i've read it twice i haven't read it for you i haven't given you the highlights yet um <clears throat> so here is the uh here are the highlights from this piece by esther wang at jezebel madison cawthorn is a handsome guy if your tastes run towards toothy muscled blondes i just felt like it needed that for some reason anyway in interviews, the 25-year-old Republican practically gleams with youthful vigor. His locks swept back and gelled, a la Richard Spencer. 
you know who Richard Spencer is, right? He's that alt-right, uh, yeah, alt-right racisty guy. <clears throat> I, I I don't know much about the guy except that he's a complete lunatic. Uh, also, that he espouses more government for white people. He's a white supremacist, um, but he espouses more government. So yeah, he's a socialist. Anyway, good, well, I mean it makes sense, right? If he's a Nazi then he would be for the bigger government because that's what Nazis were for. They were of the left. Anyway, the second sentence here, and she's already comparing him to a Nazi based on his haircut. <laughs> based on his haircut. Okay. Um, which, by the way, is a, it looks very much uh, what's well, not a high and tight, but it is kind of. It's a very short haircut on the sides, and it's longer up top, which for a guy who wanted to be in the Marines and his... You know, father and grandfather and great grandfather, they were all Marines. Like he has a he has a military tradition in his family and he was this is not surprising to anybody. I know like for people who come from these backgrounds with military traditions, this is not a surprise, right? <laughs> By the way, I've not heard anybody critique Mo Davis's haircut. Because it's kind of similar, just for the record. <clears throat> anyway. She says he has a penchant for posting vacation photos with distasteful captions. Again, remember, these are feminist scolds, and so they virtually have no sense of humor, including a joke he made about conquering Mexican restaurants in the same way that conquistadors conquered entire civilizations. Now, she only throws a quote around entire civilizations, so I don't know the, the, the core of the joke, because she doesn't directly quote the joke. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, like, yeah, we conquered that Mexican restaurant like conquistadors. Like, that's a joke, folks. It's a joke. And, by the way, the people who conquered uh, uh, South and Central America, they were Spanish. Just a heads up. Uh, do they do they qualify as Latinx, Latinx? I don't know. In the uh, the woke model of uh, the, or their pyramid of aggrievement. Um, let me see here. Do, 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 do another of uh, the fulfillment of a dream, seeing the vacation home of, right, the Fuhrer. Um, the experience, he wrote, did not disappoint. See, so she's cherry-picking portions out of his comments. Um, and she says he mused in the caption uh, and uh, featured a photo of him and his brother smiling widely in front of the eagle's nest where Adolf Hitler vacationed. Right. So, oh, my gosh, he he went to this site. Now, there's no reference here to Band of Brothers because she doesn't know. This author doesn't know about Band of Brothers. Look, I don't either. I didn't until all of this. So she doesn't know about it. So she's ignorant. And so she just writes it as she knows it, which is not the whole story. Cawthorn is following the playbook. She advises us from a position of complete authority. She's follow that he's following the playbook of other more successful far right Republicans in recent years, attempting to rebrand his extreme views, which include what I would describe as white supremacist adjacent nationalism. That's a fancy way of calling him a racist. And he's not. Not that I know of. And nobody has produced any evidence that he is. He's not a Nazi either. Nobody has produced evidence that he's a neo-Nazi. In fact, he says he abhors Nazism as most people do like this is what's amazing is this used to be what is it godwin's law right where as soon as somebody mentions hitler it means that's the end of the debate because it's just a, usually a ridiculous comparison it's like now the left starts their arguments right out of the gate with this argument right it's just now it's it's it, you're working off of an assumption that they are 
a Hitler fanboy, that the right is uh, just packed with neo-Nazis. And from there, then you get to you get to uh, move any piece of evidence you want around to just put it next to that assumption and thereby proving your case when you actually have not. Um, she, she goes on to write, uh, oh, there are a couple different things here. So here are the, uh, so there's the first one, Eagle's Nest. Okay, so second, the Naval Academy. Um, according to a 2017 deposition that Cawthorn gave as part of his unsuccessful lawsuit seeking $30 million from the auto insurance company that had already paid him $3 million. He was actually rejected by the Naval Academy and was informed of his rejection before his car accident. Now, that's what she says. That's how Jezebel writes it. Let me go over to the Citizen Times, published a piece written by, where it is, uh... Fiedler, Tom Fiedler. Here it is. Tom Fiedler. Claim uh, Madison Cawthorn's claim about Naval Academy creates false impression. And uh, in case you are not aware of what the AVL watchdog is, it's a new nonprofit news team. And this guy, Tom Fiedler, uh, is the former executive editor of the Miami Herald and a Pulitzer Prize-winning political reporter, and he lives in Asheville. So anybody want to take a guess what his politics might be? Anyway, a campaign video says Cawthorn, quote, planned on serving his country in the Navy with a nomination to the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis. But all that changed in the spring of 2014 when tragedy struck. The narrative, he sa- Fiedler says, created by Cawthorn, paints a picture of a bright young man headed to the U.S. Naval Academy until he was severely injured in an auto crash. And uh, the uh, video says Madison was homeschooled in Hendersonville, was nominated to the Naval Academy. His plans were derailed that year after he nearly died in a tragic automobile accident that left him partially paralyzed and in a wheelchair. However, in a 2017 swarm deposition obtained by AVL Watchdog, Cawthorn admitted his application to the Academy had already been rejected before the crash. So he, had, he says, in this deposition. So let's find uh, the link to the deposition. Oh, there isn't one. I wonder why that is. Both of these articles cite this, defi- uh, this deposition, and neither one of them gave us a link. I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. In another article that AVL Watchdog wrote, same author, Tom Fiedler, um, they, they cherry-pick some quotes from Cawthorn out of a statement that Cawthorn's campaign or he gave for another story. And why didn't you just give the whole statement? Why wouldn't you provide a link to the statement rather than the four words that you quoted out of the statement and then wrote a bunch of other words around? I just, it's, I understand, you know, I like, I understand why you go at a story a certain way and it's fine. I, I have no doubt There's a particular uh, point of view of this reporter and why he's doing it, uh, why he decided to do this story. Oh, it's newsworthy. Oh, I'm sure it is. It is, right? I'm I'm talking about it. It's newsworthy. So let's hash it out. But why would you withhold the, the full statement of the person that's the target of your investigation? Now, speaking of investigations, you do not need to do an investigation to find the right military surplus store in our area. It's Old Grouch's military surplus, downtown Clyde. Now more than ever, 
you need old grouches, okay? Tim at Old Grouch, he's got an expanded line of first aid kits and medical supplies for all kinds of emergencies uh, with step-by-step instructions for anybody so they can follow it um, and maybe, you know, cut down on the trips to the hospital, uh, be able to tend to your own wounds in our post-apocalyptic pandemic landscape. Also, body armor, all kinds made to NATO specs. These are in-store or over-the-phone purchases only. He also has some face masks. These are made by a family of a disabled veteran, uh, local, and they make them out of military parachutes, so they're lightweight and soft. Uh, So he also has tons of real U.S. military surplus for more than three decades. Old Grouch's military surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. The shop is open Monday through Saturday across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. Oldgrouch.com is the website. Check him out. So... Uh, Here is the quote from the deposition that we get no link to uh, from AVL Watchdog or Jezebel, for that matter. Neither one of them linked to the deposition that they say they have. So I would be interested to read the entire deposition, wouldn't you? Because you're giving me this one portion, this one passage. If you have the whole deposition, why not link it? That's standard nowadays. Anyway, a judge ultimately ruled in favor of this insurance company, okay, because the insurance company gave him, they paid out $3 million to Madison Cawthorn, the policy limit to cover his treatments and to settle the claim uh, within days of the crash, according to this piece by Fiedler. Um, This according to testimony and court records. Again, no links to any of them. But under the advice of his lawyer, Cawthorn initially balked at accepting the $3 million and sued the insurance company for $30 million for acting in bad faith. Now, he lost that case. The judge ultimately ruled in favor of the insurance company, Um, but it required him to do a deposition. And so here's the exchange. The lawyer asks Cawthorn, at some point in time, you were notified by the Naval Academy that you did not get in. And he said, yes, sir. And he says, was that before the accident? And Cawthorn says, it was, sir. And that's it. That's that's all we get from them. That's it. That's the only thing we get out of the deposition. And that's now the proof. Okay, so what does Madison Cawthorn actually say about what happened here? Well, I'm glad you asked. And actually, I'm really glad that the Daily Caller podcast host, Katie McDuffie, asked. Because we might otherwise have never known. Yeah, I, I had not yet received my not my acceptance to the academy after I'd been hurt when I had been hurt my car accident. I was nominated. I was fully planning on going there. Uh, there was a problem with my nomination selection that you have to go through with your congressman or your senators. And so whatever happened, Congressman Mark Meadows was fixing that for us. And so it, it was uh, I was still pending that approval. And so, uh, yes, I technically had not been accepted yet, but it was still considered to be pending. It was considered to be pending. So which is it? The deposition? or considered to be pending? Was there something wrong with it? Was he turned down? Because I could see this, by the way, being like both. He was turned down because something happened or whatever with the application. Don't know. And Meadows' office was working on it. And then he had the accident, and so it all stopped. Right? I could see that. Either way, he wanted to be a Marine. So even if he didn't get into Annapolis, I suspect he would have enlisted. I think that was the path he was on. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He says um, to WLOS, he says, I never said that I was appointed or accepted to the Academy. I knew that I had only been nominated at that point. I fully expected to be accepted and to be appointed. But at that point, I hadn't received it. So I've been very careful 
never to mischaracterize who I am as a person. Uh, on the Nazi charge, he told WLOS as well, as of right now, I completely and wholeheartedly denounce any kind of white nationalism, any kind of Nazism. We fought a war where the American people went to war to end the scourge of Nazism across this country, and I'm very thankful for that because it's evil and it's vile. Um, so he has, I think, been pretty clear now on the Nazi thing, okay? right? And So that's one. we got Eagle's Nest. We got the Naval Academy charge. Um, do, 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 do. What is the other one? Uh, oh, he also dropped out of college, everybody. He went to Patrick Henry College in Virginia, as Jezebel describes it, a small conservative Christian university described as God's Harvard that operates as a sort of feeder school for those who want to enter right-wing politics. According to the same deposition, Cawthorn said he attended this college, Patrick Henry College, and uh, dropped out. Uh, shortly after uh, enrolling. The reason, he said, he told the attorney that his first fiancé, he was engaged, he is engaged now, but he, uh, as I understand it, he's engaged to a biracial woman. Anyway, uh, he was engaged before, and the reason why he dropped out was, quote, heartbreak, because his fiancé ran off with his best friend. And he said his grades were terrible. He said, I think probably my grade uh, in most classes was like a D. And he said, uh, and as she frames it, that he pinned the cause partly on the injuries stemming from his accident. Do you think maybe somebody who just lost the use of their legs and had their entire life, uh, their their life course completely blown up? Do you think that uh, and then his fiance leaves him for his best friend uh, while he's at college? Do you think maybe that might induce somebody to leave college? I think so. But. Again, amplify the message that he's a dropout. That's what they're saying. He's a dropout. Um, then there's a financial disclosure form uh, where they, they go into this to find out, like, what's up with this business? Uh, he appears to do a lot of relaxing for someone who's supposedly a busy entrepreneur. Um, he says he's a real estate investor. He's made one real estate purchase, which people are aware of that. He's also 24 years old, although now 25, I guess, 24 years old. And he spends uh, he spent a good bit of time uh, recovering from the horrific car accident. He got the payout, um, but I'm curious because she she makes this comment here that uh, he made in his disclosure that he made most of his money in the New York Stock Exchange, which is helpfully characterized as quote unearned income. <laughs> oh, uh, get it? Oh, that's hilarious, Jezebel. That's awesome. Get it? Unearned income. Under the section for earned income, i.e., where one would include income one made from, say, a job, it was blank. Once again, the man lost use of his legs. He's paralyzed uh, from the waist down. So do you expect him to have landed a job right after all of this happened? He got a big payout. He invested it in the stock exchange. And he purchased a piece of land and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life after all of his life plans got changed. And that's just, I, I suspect, I mean, I know what the issue is. The issue is, is that he's a conservative. That's the issue. And so all of this, I mean, well, just think of it this way. If this guy were a Democrat, do you think the tone of this piece would be a little different, maybe a little bit more charitable, right? 
Like, oh my gosh, look at the challenges that this guy has had, and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to overcome them. Has he done anything illegal here, by the way? No, he hasn't. There isn't, there's nothing here, some illegal or unethical, not that I have seen. Um, then there is, so this all ties to the name of his company, which is SPQR Holdings. Sorry, do you not know what SPQR is? S- <laughs> I didn't either. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what this SPQR is. He didn't either, apparently. I'll tell you what it means in a minute. First, I will tell you, Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, they want to sell your home. Um, I mean, obviously, of course, if you want to sell your home, they will help you do that. If you're looking to buy a house, they can hook you up with that too. Buying or selling Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, the only team that I would call, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com is the website, uh, and of course, she's the official Homes for Heroes agent in Asheville, which is a national program that gives buyers and sellers 25% back from the realtor commissions to police officers, firefighters, healthcare professionals, educators, and members of the military, veterans, active duty, and retired. She's given back more than three-quarters of a million dollars to local folks. So, buying or selling, keep more of your own money and get your house sold fast. And for more money, call Rowena Patton today, 333-4043, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. So, SPQR, what is SPQR? Uh, it is a holding company that he created, seems to have been only involved in one real estate transaction in its admittedly brief existence, um, October of last year, okay? So October of last year is when he made one purchase, a six-acre property in Georgia at a tax foreclosure auction price uh, for $20,000. Um, so why do we care about the name of this company? Well, it is the acronym of the Latin phrase, Senatus Populusque Romanus. Which means the Senate and the Roman people. Hmm. Still not following. Okay. Um, SPQR, Jezebel claims, has lately become quite popular among white nationalists. Okay, like how? So again, thank you, leftist, for knowing all there is to know about white nationalists. I don't know a lot about white nationalists. Um, and so apparently I will just rely on you to tell me all of the symbols that the white nationalists are adopting. Um, I also just feel like I need to point out that these same people see all members of the right as white nationalists. So, <laughs> so there's that. Given his previous goal of becoming a U.S. Marine and the popularity of the debate over whether a Marine unit could take on the Roman legions, I initially waved off the name of his company as some strange holdover from the days when he dreamed of being in the Corps. I have no idea what that big debate is. Anyway, but in many of his television interviews filmed from home during the pandemic and as he ran for office, Cawthorn can be seen speaking in front of a version of the U.S. flag that's commonly called the Betsy Ross flag. Notice how she pivots. She pivots immediately right from the SPQ hold SPQR holdings. She pivots right to the Betsy Ross flag. Well, wait a minute. Is that it on SPQR? That was it. Okay, so let's ask him about that and the Betsy Ross flag. 
Uh, luckily, again, Katie McDuffie at the Daily Caller podcast, she did that very thing. I love the Betsy Ross flag because, you know, it has a 13 stars in a circle, which represents our 13 colonies. And I think we need to get closer back to our founding values. You know, I'm actually still being attacked by the radical left because they say that the term SPQR, which, you know, stands for the Senate and the people of Rome, uh, is actually somehow a white supremacist dog whistle or whatever they call it, which I have actually never heard in my entire life. And I don't <laughs> think really many Americans have. True. And, you know, I, I love the term SPQR because I think that it really is something that harkens back to the early Roman Republic. And it, it was, there's a great politician in Rome uh, named Cicero who came out and was talking about the consolidation of power and how he worried that having this much consolidated power could lead to a fall of the Republic. And, you know, in just a few, few decades after that, we saw Caesar take over the entire empire. And it was a, it's a terrible thing. That's something I want to push back on. But you know what's so awful is the liberals will not let it slide. You know, they, they want to attack our founding documents. They want to attack George Washington. They want to take his statues down. They want to attack Betsy, Betsy Ross's flag. They want to destroy history of Rome. I, I cannot understand their playbook aside from they just, they'll do whatever is politically expedient. And I detest how much just complete dishonesty they show. And I'm willing to fight back against it. All right. So Jezebel says, during the hours I spent watching both Cawthorn and his fiance's videos on Instagram, I spied a second Betsy Ross flag in their home, one clearly displayed in their garage, which seemed odd to me. I haven't spent that much time in the homes of white people who live in the South, but according to my colleague Kelly Faircloth of Georgia, <laughs> but I talked to this one Southern friend that I know, <laughs> um, which along with North Carolina was one of the original 13 colonies, it's not exactly common to see the Betsy Ross flag proudly displayed so this one woman she talks to so i asked kelly faircloth of georgia hey is this something a lot of southerners have in their garages and kelly faircloth who writes for jezebel i think she's really in touch with all of the conservative southerners don't you think she's like oh no that's not that totally not uh, normal at all the betsy ross flag which features a circle of 13 stars instead of the more common 50 stars <laughs> It's not more common. The reason it's more common is because that's the official flag now. When the original flag was the flag of only 13 colonies, that's what it looked like. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Their ignorance does not prove his white supremacy. Like, these people are ignorant. And they write these pieces as if they know stuff that they don't know. This is the Reagan quote, the famous Reagan quote, right? Our friends on the left, it's not it's just that they know so much that's not true. <laughs> um, so she, she, she says here that this flag, like the phrase SPQR, has also been appropriated by some extremist movements. Again, um, no, no links or anything like that. This, you know what the Betsy Ross flag came from? I mean, yes, obviously, like our history. Here's if you're a lefty and you're unclear as to what the background is and why the Betsy Ross flag would be in his garage and he would have another one sort of like a uh, uh, it's made out of like these wood pieces. It's like a piece of art and it's the Betsy Ross flag. You know where that comes from recently? You can thank Colin Kaepernick for it. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick. This was for most of my life, not a flag that anybody carried, just like before the Tea Party and the Gadsden flag. Uh, emer when that emerged as a banner for conservatives to, to walk under, right? Nobody really knew of the Gadsden flag. Now everybody knows about the Gadsden flag, and a lot of people associate it with the Tea Party, right? So the, the Betsy Ross flag, 
that found uh, a resurgence in popularity because of Colin Kaepernick. Because Nike was releasing a shoe, and they put on the back a little Betsy Ross flag. I think they were doing it around July 4th, a couple of years ago or something. And Colin Kaepernick was like, you can't use that symbol. That's a symbol of white supremacy. Hang on a second. This is from Vox.com. He says, uh, the sneaker was supposed to go on sale for $140, but Nike spokesperson Colin Kaepernick advised the company not to release it. Um, He says that the logo is pulled from the era of slavery and doesn't warrant celebration. So just the fact that the flag came from a time when there was slavery means that the flag is a slave flag. Okay, like that's that's so now the flag is racist. So the Betsy Ross flag is racist. This prompted a backlash among non-racisty conservatives. This prompted a backlash among a lot of Republicans who said, are you kidding me? It's the it's the founding flag. It's the 13 colonies. It's not about slavery. And so then people started printing up the flag. It was a reaction. The popularity of the Betsy Ross flag now is directly due to the cancel culture on the left. That's how that happened. It's not like, oh, this it's now found some uh, some popularity with some white supremacists. Like, again, I don't know what white supremacists flags are which ones they're marching under and which ones they've incorporated into whatever you know messed up ideology they've got i don't know that i do know that people were like hey we love the betsy ross flag that's a cool flag why are you saying it's a racist flag it's not screw you i'm gonna buy some rush limbaugh launched an entire uh t-shirt line with the and and sold out like within seconds it's it's a very popular thing it was a reaction to the cancel culture so whatever resurgence might be occurring, it was due to the left, okay? It, it's not due to the white supremacists that were like, we really like the racisty uh, Betsy Ross flag, so let's use that flag all the time. <laughs> it's just absurd. Like, you know, not paying enough attention to your website. Hello, you know how important your website is for your business. Now more than ever, you needed to turn up in search engine results and you want it to look professional. You want it to be user-friendly. And while you know a lot about your business, you probably don't know a lot about the website design and maintenance business, but my friend Schaefer Smith does at Schaefer Smith Design. Great design can solve a lot of your website's problems too. Professional services, corporate, small business, and entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help you with graphics and photos and online stores, search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. He does logos like mine. Go to schaefersmith.com. Get the most out of your website. That's schaefersmith.com. So let's see, we've gone through, what have we gone through? SPQR, we've gone through the Betsy Ross flag, we've gone through the Eagle's Nest and the Naval Academy. I think that's all of them. I want to say that's all of the uh, the things that they just loaded up for bear they were. Um, there was one other quote, though. Oh, on the caving to the mob, right. Madison Cawthorn was asked this again by Katie McDuffie at the Daily Caller, uh, asked about social media posts and caving to the mob, basically. And here's what he had to say about that. But you know what I think has been a problem with the Republicans is, you know, I think a lot of people expect me to take that post down and try and delete it. But, you know, I'm not going to back down to some liberal mob just because they're really loud and they say they're keyboard warriors and they can say big words behind the keyboard. I'm not going to back down because of that. And I think if we have more more Republicans who have backbone, then all of a sudden this liberal mob will realize, hey, you know what? We, we're not actually going to get anything done. Let's Let's have a – let's – 
be involved in actual dialogue instead of just yelling and ranting and pouting around. All right. So um, this I do take issue with because he did cave. He says he wasn't going to cave. And I, I, I appreciate and applaud the fact that he's like, you know, standing up and, and arguing his, his side on this. But they did delete the post. And I don't know if that was him. It could have been his campaign, whoever's in charge of his social media account when this thing blew up and everybody started sharing it. And there was uh, some uh, some guy he, like specializes basically in cancel culture garbage. His name is Yashar Ali. And, um, you know, he pushes this thing out. And he's like, oh, I, I just saw this post. Oh, my gosh. You know. Like you just saw it because a Democrat sent it to you and you're amplifying it in order to cancel this guy. Like that's that's the game that they're playing. And uh, I understand Cawthorn's running for office. But the initial response then was to take down this Instagram post. Right. They he deleted whoever was deleted the post, which then, of course, in the left's mind, they see that as evidence. It's proof that he didn't want everybody to see it. Because he's guilty of being a Nazi, you see. Not that he was taking it down or somebody took it down because they just wanted to put the fire out, which is like, you know, damage control kind of 101. Like, oh my gosh, I have an offending tweet. Let me take it down. Uh, the internet is forever. So it's somebody, you know, it's been screenshotted. I have the screenshot. So everybody has it now. You might as well have left it up. Now, I don't know who made that decision. I would like to ask him that. Maybe if I get a chance, I will. But. Um, he took it down. The other thing, though, is that it got amplified. Before it got taken down, it was amplified, as I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> by Mo Davis, who is running against Cawthorn. And so you would expect Cawthorn's opponent to make as much political hay out of this as possible, right? Um, and so he sends out the tweet I mentioned earlier where he says, you know, Hitler's vacation retreat is not on my bucket list. Oh, speaking of bucket lists, though, <clears throat> if you are uh, looking to get a mattress, a quality mattress, that's on your bucket list is to get like a memory foam. It was for me. Like when I saw memory foams, I was like, I want a memory foam. You can get in and out of bed and not disturb the other person. And if you're working different hours, it's fantastic. So go to mattressmanstores.com. Check out all the inventory or better yet, walk into one of the four local stores in Asheville, Arden and Hendersonville and get yourself a new mattress. They have all different kinds of mattresses. The sleep consultants will help you pick the right one for you. And you can take advantage of their triple zero deal going on right now. Zero zero dollars down, 0% APR for up to 24 months, and zero payments for 90 days. You're welcome. I didn't do anything, actually. It was Chuck and the guys at Mattress Man. They did it. Also, how about $3.99 for a queen-sized gel memory foam mattress? So it's gel and memory foam. I think that's my next one. That's on my bucket list. Free bedding bundle, including sheets, protectors, and pillows with the purchase of select mattresses as well. Mattressmanstores.com. Experience the difference. Go to Mattress Man. It's where I went. It's where Christy and I went years ago before we knew Mattress Man. We, we went there. We got our mattress. So I'm happy to endorse them. Proud to do so. Mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. So Mo Davis sends out this tweet, and uh, he says, My North Carolina 11 opponent, one, named his business SPQR. Sports a Molon Lab emblem. Poses with a Betsy Ross flag. Hitler's vacation retreat was on his bucket list. 
and... This is really the most damning piece of all. He follows 88 people on Twitter. He's an animal. He's a monster. I know. He says, fool you twice and it's shame on you. Fool you five times and you're a fool. America deserves better. So basically he's calling Madison Cawthorn a racist, a Nazi, a Nazi racist, white supremacist. And he's using as evidence the business name of SPQR, which Cawthorn says wasn't even aware that some white supremacist people are using it. Nobody is, by the way. Um, Molon Labe. This is a standard uh, symbol among Second Amendment activists and supporters. I have one. Doesn't make anybody a white supremacist. That is insane. Three, the Betsy Ross flag. That's insane. There is nothing wrong with the Betsy Ross flag. Um, the vacation retreat, uh, the, the Eagle's Nest thing, um, he called Hitler supreme evil in the post about the visit, which he says he went there because it was in Band of Brothers and he really wanted to be a Marine. His dad was a Marine. His grandfather was a Marine. Like, that was really important to him. You don't have to agree. You don't have to agree, but that was for him. His follower count of 88, by the way, this is because the eighth letter of the alphabet is H, and so the the Nazis put 8-8 for Heil Hitler on, on their tattoos and stuff. And so because he was following 88 people, that proves that he's... A neo-Nazi. Like, this is one of the stupidest smears I have ever seen in politics, and that is saying something. Uh, That's a wrap for this episode. Remember, please subscribe to the podcast. I appreciate that. All of the links are in the description of the podcast or at thepetecalendarshow.com. Thanks so much for the support. Talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.